0: Running a business should be fun, but this week we're here to tell you that you can't be having fun all the time. In this episode, you're going to learn why you have to be really careful when you're starting your business not to distract yourself with things that don't matter. We're going to tell you how that changes as your business grows, and we're going to tell you how to get help from yourself and others to make sure you're spending your time where it matters. That's coming up on any other business.
1: So Rob, running a business is fun we think so. If you don't think so, if you're running a business, then you probably shouldn't be running a business. It doesn't mean you can't have bad days, but more often than not, you should be enjoying it and finding the whole process fun. But there are, are things in a business that are more fun than others. And that will depend on you as a person, what you enjoy. But there's a trap that you can fall into at different stages of business where you end up getting distracted by the fun stuff and not doing the meaningful work. And you've got to have that discipline. So what I think we should do in this episode is look at a startup and talk about the things that you might get distracted by and the type of fun things you may end up doing when you don't need to, and then scale up what now distracts us. What do we have to be careful day to day?
0: Yeah. Okay. So start with the very beginning, because the thing that you see people doing all the time when it comes to starting a business from the very beginning is worrying about the things that are most people would, would think are kind of like exciting things to do like logos is the classic one. yeah it's always getting getting the right logo people will obsess about that for ages and then you say number one better but have you got any customers you know how are you going to get customers haven't really thought about that bit
1: and the thing is when you look back at your first logo when you've established things you'll look back and go god was that our logo (laughs) i mean i think of my first logo and even the first business name truly awful but I probably spent weeks thinking about it.
0: Yeah. And at the time, you think, oh, this is great. This is so exciting. And then it's only years later. You go, what was I thinking? But really, it's like, how often does it make or break a business? It's far more common for businesses to fail because no one wants what it is that you're making or that you can't find any customers We can't do it at the right price or whatever. It's like, obviously there are examples of really great branding that do make the difference. But how many people are going to look at your logo and go, I don't know, if it's a different shade of green, I might have been a buyer, but actually, no.
1: Yeah, and websites are super important. It's not to say, oh, ignore the internet. The internet is super important. And for certain businesses, your website is critical. But for other businesses, it's not so much. So if you are someone who jet washes driveways, and that's your business, your website being the best jet wash website on the internet probably isn't business critical.
0: No, and so that ties into SEO which is another thing people worry about all the time Like wanting to be found on search engines which can be very important but sticking with your jet wash example if someone's typing in best jet washer in Croydon or whatever maybe you'd get some business from it but you probably get more if you just go door to door and like talk to people or put leaflets through doors and things like that it's the it's the things that aren't as exciting and maybe are it scarier to do because it involves actually talking to people but it, it needs to be done
1: so what should? business owners entrepreneurs when they're starting out be focused on what's the important stuff to get right
0: i think to start with you might disagree but i think it's just getting customers like having someone to buy whatever it is that you're doing it doesn't get more fundamental than that because you can spend months dealing with all these peripheral things and then get to this point you just you realize you can't reach that market or there is no market so i'd do that first and if you can if you can make that work and you can make your first sales without a website and without anything else, then you're probably onto a decent thing.
1: Definitely, you can make the world's best burger, but if no one knows about it, then you're in trouble. So if you've got a burger van, you need to find the best location. That's your sales and your marketing. You need people to pass by. Maybe the, the waft of the smell of the lovely burgers entices people in, you know, your van looks good. Maybe then people will engage with you, but you've got to do all that right. Having a nice website about your burger van isn't so important. So I, I actually will completely agree with you. It is your sales and marketing early on because if you can't get the customers, then you're not in business. It doesn't matter how good your product is. It's difficult because you need a good product, but it doesn't need to be perfect. So many people spend time on whatever their product is, whether it's a service or an actual physical product, that they'll spend so much time making it perfect. But you could have the most perfect product ever, but until people are using it or buying it, then there's no point. So you're better actually just getting a product launched, even if it's imperfect, and then testing and learning from the market and working on your marketing and your sales. Yeah, It's easier for us to say because we're pretty strong at that as a business. But even if you're not, you just need to do the hard stuff and, and make it happen.
0: Yeah. And ultimately, what you think about your product doesn't matter. What matters is what the market thinks. So Definitely. you could spend years getting it to what you consider to be perfect. But that doesn't mean that anyone else will. So if you've got like making a drink or something like that, you might get it. So this is the perfect thing for you. And you're so happy with it. And then you go out to the market after all this time. And goes, oh, it's not sweet enough. And so you have to change it anyway. And so just getting it out there. And that's why doing things like Kickstarter and things like that are quite good. When you get, uh, get an early crowd of people who are fine with it not being perfect they don't expect it to be but and they want to help you get it to where where they want it to be and where you want it to be but can you remember what you got distracted with it, it, was, it
1: was it was things like the website spending a lot of time on the website and again if you go to the way back way way back machine um on the internet you can look at old websites i I cringe looking at the old websites now, but spend so much time on it, like, oh, I need the arrow there. You know, so it's like, oh, what colour is the arrow going to be when it should have been on the phone? Yeah. But deciding where the arrow was going to go on the website, what colour it was going to be, was easier and more fun than making a sales call. A sales call is tough. You know, it's not fun, but it's something, if your business requires it, that you need to do. Or go and meet different um, shops who might supply supply your goods. Walking into a shop or meeting those people, the buyers who are responsible for that, can be intimidating and not that fun. So you might want to go and play around with your product a little bit more because you start to kid yourself. I mean, this is is important, is you can kid yourself. It's easy for us to say, oh, you do this and you do that. But actually, you start telling yourself a story that it's okay that I spent a day fiddling around with my website or fiddling around with my product and tweaking it a bit because that's work. Mm -hmm. And it is technically work but was it the most useful work you could have done that day
0: yeah and well i know i should be making a sales call but i can't possibly make a sales call so i've got the perfect crm because then i won't make the right notes on the call and i won't be able to follow up but it's all just a story because you're trying to you're trying to come up with a good excuse not to do the scary thing it sounds a bit fatalist but i think us having this conversation as we're watching it they'll probably still go and make the mistake i don't know if you can avoid it you can you can try and catch yourself earlier in that process but i think everyone is still going to go through that and it's not necessarily going to be on the sales side or the software side it could be it could be on the financials like spend so forever like tinkering around trying to get the cost down to a certain point or model something out for 5 years and just have a need to have that certainty about how things are going to be it's like but really after six months, you're, everything's going to be completely wrong anyway. And so yeah. You just need to deal with it.
1: And that's it. You've, you've touched on finance there because everyone's different. And Some people will love working in the spreadsheets and making the model right. And others will love working on the product because they're a product person. Or someone else will love doing the marketing. And maybe a salesperson might love just doing sales calls, but never actually building the right product and service out. Mm-hmm. So you've got to have that self-awareness. We talk about self-awareness a lot, but it's such a useful personal development tool to work on because you need to catch yourself because you will do it like you said you will but the sooner you catch yourself doing it the better oh wait a minute i'm telling myself a story or wait a minute i've wasted a day because that's okay as long as you catch it you don't want to waste a week or a month you can get away with wasting a day but if you waste a month and you're a startup you've just wasted a month's cash flow and that could be critical
0: yeah and if you really do just want to do one particular thing, you do just want to, all you really want to do is financially model out a new business. You don't really want to start the business at all, but just start doing that part is the fun part. It's almost like a fantasy business. Then at that point, if that's really what it is, then maybe you should be honest about it with yourself and go, I don't actually want to start this business. I just want to do that because it's fun going through that exercise and maybe you should just provide that service for other people.
1: Yeah. So how does this change when you scale up? So you start up, you're kind of doing everything. So you can then find yourself doing the thing you enjoy the most. But when you scale up, you bring in a team. And often, most businesses will bring in a team that help you minimize your weaknesses or compensate for your weaknesses. So if you're not particularly good at the finance, you bring a finance team in and that's good. So then it doesn't get neglected. So does it still happen at scale up because you've got the team doing everything or is there a risk as a business owner that you can still do things that aren't as useful because you're doing the things that you enjoy more rather than the things you need to do.
0: Mm. I think you're still just as vulnerable to that because I think there will still be things that you don't really want to do and things that you do and you're naturally going to still be able to tell yourself that story. Also, I think there's a real tension because the founder is always like, their traits are reflected throughout the business and until you get up to like a massive scale and it's just diluted too much. So, and that's kind of a good thing because like if you are great at marketing, Then you're probably going to have a business that is strong on marketing. And however good the people you hire are, then you're going to be able to add something to that. And so any time that you spend on that is, you could argue, time well spent. And sometimes it will be. But there's also a risk that there's going to be other parts of the business that you just don't give the attention to that they deserve because you don't want to or. You just don't understand it, and you don't have don't have an appreciation of that. And I think that is that's definitely a mistake that we've made in the past.
1: Definitely, yeah. The past being not the recent past as well. The present, but yeah. <laughs> you do you do end up giving attention to different areas or departments that you enjoy more, but other de- all departments need attention. And something that we've been working on is building out our executive team, because you're not really ever going to change. You're, you are wired how you're wired, and you can be aware of it, and you need to do your very best, but you're naturally never going to be in flow in an area that you don't enjoy as much. So operations, for both of us, isn't in flow. You're a bit more comfortable with it than I am, but getting, getting into the detail of a project isn't where my fund zone is if i have to do it i'll do it but that's the language if i have to do it i don't choose to do it i don't go let's go and look at the operations today and let's get into the detail that's never going to happen so you can have great managers which we have and then the next level beyond that is building out your executive team and you can do that i mean any size really you don't need a full executive team You could start with an operations director or a COO who can come in and really lead and drive that part of the business because that's what they're best at. That's their fun thing. And they drive that part of the business forward. And that's where, at a scale up, at some point, you should start to think about bringing that exec team in for that very reason
0: completely agree and um, we've seen this recently so with the new business that we're starting that we keep teasing and we will get to talking about it eventually we have had someone who's been working with us to set that up although he's not employed by us full-time he's sort of like an exec team member and because he's so strong on the sort of the financial and the project management side he's just absolutely driven that and you're not going to get that from any old employee, even if it's a really good employee, because it's a rare skill set and you're sort of someone who has risen to the top of what they do. But could I have run that project? Parts of it. But it would have taken a lot longer and there would have been things that are going going wrong that because I, I wouldn't have foreseen it or I just wouldn't have followed up as diligently or whatever. But having someone who's that good doing it, it's just like, wow, <laughs> if you had that in every area of your business, you'd be in a good place. But that's not something you're going to get by bringing in your entry-level employee like that is a proper executive skill set and it needs to be someone who is so obsessed about that area and paranoid about it and just like really thinking about it as much as you are that that same focus that you're giving to your thing they're giving to their thing and that is where you you create a properly
1: rounded business yeah and it is rounded because if you've got it right, that person doesn't really understand why you're so obsessed with things that you love, but they'll never get it because that's not how they're wired. And that's when you know you've got the right person because they're obsessed with that thing that you kind of have learned to appreciate. That's why you've hired them, but never loved. And they love it and think it's the most important part of the business. It's funny because everyone's got their bias. Like What, what they enjoy or what they do best it tends to be what they think is the most important function in the business. Yeah. So they'll always think, well, wait a minute, this part of the business is critical. Why are you working on marketing campaigns? And it's like, well, actually, this is all important because without those marketing campaigns, you wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. So, but if they didn't do a great job, then the marketing campaigns are sending people to a business that's not working well. Mm -hmm.
0: Exactly. So I think having that executive team is a great move to do when you can do it when you say executive team it makes it sound like it has to be a huge thing but it doesn't like they can be part-time like there there's like a thing like a a fractional cfo there are people who do that where they might spend a couple of days a month working with you and that's fine so it doesn't have to be this really big thing but i think even if you've done that you're still going to have this issue which you have as a business owner and you always will that there's nearly infinite things demanding your attention and being able to, to choose what you pay attention to and what you don't, what you let slide and what you what you don't, that is always going to be you. I don't think there's any way of getting away from that, which is why I think that business is personal development and it's something that you get better at and you never get great at it,
1: but because you, you always have days when you're just a bit weak
0: and that's just how it is, but you do get better at it.
1: You do. But I think there's becomes a transition where you have to be wary of the fun stuff at the beginning more than any other stage, I think. Then you get to the the scale-up stage where you have to be aware, but then you start to build your exec team out. But I think there's then it develops further that actually your fun stuff often is where you can offer the most value. And you should actually be aiming, aspiring to where the majority of the week, you might not be able to do it fully, but the majority of your week is the fun stuff and that's where you get the guilt well I do this is something I've had an issue with is that when I'm really enjoying what I, I do I don't actually think I'm working and I feel like oh I'm doing this creative ideas session or I'm working on strategy and things I really enjoy or problem solving and I feel like oh I need to go and do some real work now and de- do something out of flow when actually I need to be working and we both do on the things that we enjoy and and give the most impact to because that's how we're going to help the business the most
0: yeah that's it so you need to not get distracted by the fun stuff but try to get to the point where your job is the fun stuff and you just can't be there on day one it's not possible but that's what you should be aspiring to and when you do get to that point i think you, you just need to make sure that you're doing it at the right kind of scale so for example if you're if you're a numbers person that's what you love if you are the head of a 500 person company if you're going through the profit and loss like thinking about, well wonder what what like 10 pound expense could we cut out or could we be ordering our paper clips a bit cheaper or something like that that's just not a good use of your time but that kind of attention to detail and love of that that you do is going to be really valuable if you can sort of take it up a few levels so you need to still be thinking at a strategic level but you can still be doing what you love at that kind of scale
1: so we've talked about self awareness as a tool, and that is a great tool to develop for all parts of business. It's critical, actually, and self awareness can help you see that you're falling into these patterns. But what else can you do?
0: Self awareness is great to the extent that you can cultivate it, but everyone's got a big blind spot for themselves, right? So if you've got other awareness from other people, that can be really helpful. Most people won't volunteer. That you're doing the wrong thing and if you can get to a point where you've got the kind of openness with your team where they can say that kind of thing to you and um, we do have that with our team and of them do say that to us so that's actually really helpful but if you don't have that or you want more than that then having an outside perspective like having a coach or being part of a mastermind group with other business owners that is really helpful because especially if it's with other business owners, you will see them doing some of these things. And so that will help you recognize it in yourself and you can help them out as well. And you can just make get them to hold you accountable. Really try and develop that relationship where they will tell you if you're being daft. Like I've been part, part of groups like that in the past where I've turned up and, and sort of brought what I thought was this really big problem. And people have gone, why are you even thinking about that? Like, what about this? <laughs> oh yeah okay and so you have to be be open to that kind of thing and give people permission to be completely honest with you but if you can get to that point then that is really helpful
1: yeah and i think you're right those environments are set up to critique and it just feels like a safe space for that to happen so anybody who's getting a criticism normally feels comfortable with it and you feel comfortable giving that advice out as well and a business coach as you touched on paid for that very thing they're not there to turn up every week and go wow god you smashed it again you legend (laughs) they're there to go okay what's going wrong Mm -hmm. and ask you good questions if you've got a good business coach ask good questions to find out how you are spending your time what are you impacting the business in the most meaningful way and then they can help you guide you to to enhance that self-awareness to help you you know see what's going on hold that mirror up and go wait a minute do you see what you're doing yeah. Like, do you realise this negative pattern that you're you're playing out all the time? And sometimes you just have your blind spots, like you say, and you may have quite good, de- decent self awareness. But you know what? You speed that process up if someone goes, "Hey, you keep doing this. You're wasting time." You know that that is worth the money.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if you're not in a position to do that for whatever reason, then you can. There are probably some techniques you can use to help yourself learn from your past mistakes yeah so this is not something that i've ever done but i can see why it'd be useful would be keeping a journal or a diary and just sort of like going like what did i just even just a few bullet points like what was i working on this day and then you can go back you know oh well i can see three days in a row i was working on that and that turned out to be rubbish or whatever and you can just catch that or you could even take it further and start tracking your time which i have done for brief periods and that's always quite illuminating i've done that as well it's interesting
1: i think the reflection point is really powerful if if you can't you know utilize some of the tools that we talked about forcing yourself to reflect is is really interesting you know what did i do today that was meaningful what did i do today that really i'm being honest with yourself and and what did i do to take me closer to my mission what activities did i do that helped that not how can i Turn these things I've done to making them fit so I can tell myself a story, but being really honest, like, did my actions today help me get to my end goal? And you know what? Some days because something might go wrong and you've got to fight fires, and that's fine, you might not. But if you're looking at it every day, going, what have I done today to help me get there? And then being really honest with yourself can be powerful. But then set yourself upright. Go, okay, what am I going to do today that's going to get me closer to my end goal? Again, that's a powerful technique to use because then you're you're, you're pre-planning your success. You're going, okay, I, I might get distracted by things, but if I do these things today, then I've succeeded. Definitely.
0: So today we've been steering people away from the fun stuff, but next time we'll have a bit of a reward because we're going to talk about something that most people find fun, which is travel. So I've as you know, uh, traveled a lot while in the process of building a business. And it's something that I know a lot of other people want to do. So even if you don't get to do exactly fun tasks every day, you can at least do it somewhere sunny. So we're going to be talking about that next week on any other business. We're going to talk about how to get started and whether it really is something that's realistic for you. So join us next time for that. Well, that is it. Another episode of Any Other Business done. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your support so early in this podcast.
1: Yes, if you're listening to these, you are the early adopters. You are the hardcore if you're going back and listening to the archives. So thank you so much for your support. And if you really would like to support us, then we'd love an iTunes review or a review anywhere you think is relevant. It really does help the show out and helps us reach as many people as possible. And of course, if you want to go further, you can share it on your socials too. But any sort of support is very welcome. We'll be back with another exciting episode next week. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.